Hello, everybody. My name is Amanda. Welcome back to my podcast, Journey into Consciousness. So I've been really playing around with kind of what aspect and experience to put in at which time. And where I left off, speaking on coming home from my enlightened experience, my awakening moment, um, and getting off the plane and seeing my husband and my friends for the first time in that experience, I've really been pondering on where to take that experience from there. A lot of things happened in a very quick succession during that time. Um, I was still working in the restaurant industry. I was, I believe, back of house staff at that point at the cracker, one of the cracker barrels in North Carolina. And I really started taking an interest in learning more because I was seeing so many things and I didn't have too much guidance. And I had just discovered this ascended master and I was learning what that was about and having all of this new perception. Um, being able to get off the plane and really see relationship attachments and connections and the colors around people change. And I really wanted to dive into that and where I wanted to go. So around about October of 2011, I started researching some classes that I wanted to take. Now I knew that I didn't want to take Reiki And the only reason that I could give you was that it didn't feel powerful. It didn't feel authentic to me. Um, And I had met many Reiki masters who I actually really liked and I thoroughly enjoyed their energy. But I think one of the downfalls of being able to see a lot of things is I can always, I can sometimes get focused on the not so great. And I struggled with that, especially early on. It was very easy to experience a burnout just because I was seeing so much of the crap all the time. Like it's hard to make friends when you see all the crap all the time, because then it was like trying to peel off the negative voices, not only from me, but from other people. And so I struggled with that. And so I started looking for some things and I knew I didn't want to take Reiki yet. So I found a thing called pranic healing which is a certified course. They actually have a school in Florida. And I learned about the art of pranic healing and where it originated from, which I'm not going to get into a whole lot here. Um, But I took pranic healing level one and level two and pranic psychotherapy. And right out the gate um, in pranic healing one, I already was sort of immersed in the visuals already. And in the particular class that I was in, they had never worked with anyone who could see energy. And so I kind of shocked everybody right out the gate, which really put me in like a weird socially awkward position because I didn't know what to say or when to say it. And I was constantly afraid that I was saying too much or not enough or that I was coming across as an attention person, or the know-it-all. And I didn't want to come across as any of those things. And being put in that class and being able to see as much as I could and be able to answer questions, um, that I, by all means, would only have known the answer to if I had taken the course or if I was seeing what I was seeing, 
So that was uh, that was my first introduction to that experience where I was in a public setting with like new and different people. And I was learning this system of energy healing work, which was phenomenal. And I still practice to this day. Um, and I, I love the techniques and the principle behind it and being able to see the energy really, really reinforced all of it for me, but it helped me understand my brain better because up until that point, I didn't know that anyone else had worked with psychics to see the energy body and where the chakras were and how they came together. And so then I embarked on that experience. I took pranic healing level one in 2011 and then pranic healing number two in 2012. And I started diving into, okay, this makes sense. And that makes sense. Um, before then I was dabbling in healing energy movement and I didn't know anything about it. I was only doing things based on feel. And I remember distinctly, I had an experience where I was working one day at the Cracker Barrel. This was after I had met Saima after I had taken pranic healing level one and I was learning this new system. Well, one day while I was at work, I started to see something new. I started to see a ball of light above people's heads, like not the crown chakra coming off from the head, but above the crown chakra, it was this really bright ball of light. And working in the restaurant, I see a lot of people. So I'm looking at every person, this person, that person, and everybody I was working with. And I'm looking out into the dining room and I'm, seeing these balls of light, like brighter than a disco ball, because I could see that it was multifaceted, like a gem. And it glowed super bright, like, you know, like the glowing orbs that I was used to, but it was brighter. And it had a, a beam of light coming out of the top and down through it into the crown chakra. And as I'm looking around, predominantly, the colors were violet, electric violet, gold, or a luminous white, like luminous, shiny, sparkly white. Those are the three predominant colors. Every once in a while, there would be like a swirl of another color up in there. Uh, but those were the predominant colors. And I was working and I was going by. I was so taken aback. And I said, I took a moment and I centered myself, which I do this multiple times a day. And if you don't do it, I always recommend people do it just to become more aware of themselves where they are, how they're feeling. I always take time. And so I took a minute and I took some deep breaths and I closed my eyes and I asked my higher consciousness to come be present with me, my guardian angel to come chat with me. And when I said, please come be with me, of course, they're always there and I could see them and feel them and hear them. So it was like having somebody over my shoulder all the time. And I said, what am I seeing? I'm seeing new things now. What is this? And my guardian said, you're seeing the incarnated soul of the human, the incarnated consciousness. And I said, what's the incarnated consciousness and how does it relate to the soul? And in, at which time, you know, standing in the middle of work, doing my job, going about my day, I'm also asking these questions about what am I seeing here? What am I seeing there? And how does it fit in? And I was inundated with imagery and emotion of how a soul is incarnated into the body. And that was my first real glimpse at seeing the soul incarnated um, and how that process kind of take place. And I was standing there at work. <laughs> so I finished up and I'm like, man, that's so interesting. And 
when I got home that night, I wrote a bunch of things down so that I wouldn't forget. But that little piece of sight really then started to open up to see incarnated soul contracts between people because then I could see the network of consciousness, incarnated consciousness that everybody is a part of. And I started to explore that network. What does it feel like? What does it look like? And I found that because I could leave my body at will, that I could move my awareness into the incarnated consciousness network and travel through it and find people or places that I wanted to find people in and know and see and feel so much about their life experience. And from there, it went even farther up into the incarnated higher self um, and the network of the higher self aspect and where that frequency of existence is. And when I moved my awareness into that layer of existence, then I could see some spiritual contracts at that level and why people agreed to come into this experience or that experience and what is supposed to be serving them. And it was through these layers of consciousness that I really started to perceive how entrenched humanity is in its consciousness with fear and survival and where it was coming from in the subconscious, which then unraveled into learning about genetic memory of the human and kind of where it comes from. So these are the kinds of things that I experience on the regular. One thing leads to another thing, leads to another thing, to an overwhelming amount of information and experiences. One of the experiences that I had that I will never forget because you don't forget these types of experiences. They're really the reason why I started doing what I was doing to begin with was while I was at work that day. And it takes a lot for people to, to be out there and to say, this is what I can do. This, this is what I have to offer people. And I was coming from this place that I didn't want to be the, the weirdo. I didn't want to be the stranger. I had struggled for a long time just to be normal. I just wanted to be a normal person. I just wanted to go to school and go to college and get a good job and have the white picket fence and be barefoot and pregnant and homesteading and canning my own food. Like I just wanted my ideals of normal. And by this time in my life, I had accepted that I wasn't normal and that I was never going to live the life of normality that my ego had in mind for me, that I was going to be very much different. And so I made these choices to go see this enlightened master and I made the choices to help people. And one of the things that I knew I could do since high school, I knew I could lay hands on someone and take away their pain. And I didn't take it into myself. I got rid of it. Like it transmuted, it changed, it left. I knew that I had the ability to do that. And when I really came out to do this, the kind of work that I am here doing today started with, I just am going to lay hands on people and take away their pain. And so I started doing it for free. And I went into work one day and we had one of the best like cooks in the back super nice guy. He always drove a moped to work because he had a whole string of DUIs from back in his heyday. And he didn't do that anymore, but he couldn't get his license back for a long time. He eventually did, but it took a long time. Um, 
and you know, just work in the work in the cook life, the line cook life. And he was older, maybe in his late 40s. And he came in one day with an abscess tooth on his face. It was his right side. And the whole side of his face was completely swollen. And his eye was almost swollen shut. Like it was so pushed far up because it was one of his top teeth. And I have, I don't know, I don't know if y'all have experienced an abscess tooth or an infection, an infected tooth. I have numerous times. It is horrendous. It, it is horrendous pain. And I couldn't believe that he showed up to work and he was like, well, I can't miss work. Well, from what he could talk through his like swollen face. And I said, you know, why are you here? Go get antibiotics. Like go to the walk-in clinic and get antibiotics. And he was like, I can't afford antibiotics. Like I have no insurance. I work a, a minimum wage restaurant job and I can't, I can't not work. And I can't, you know, he was stuck there and we've all been there. Like I know so many people that are still there. And I said, okay. And I'm going about my day. He's going about his morning. It must've been like an hour into the ship. And find like my guardian was like, you can do that. Just do it. Just do it. Always encouraging, always encouraging me to do the things that I feel called to do and serve in the way that I was to serve. And finally I was like, okay. And I went up to him and I had him stop what he was doing. And I was like, just stand here just for a minute. And I asked him permission. I said, can I touch your face? And he said, yeah. And so I took his face in my hands, both hands. I cradled his face and I opened up all of the lines of energy in my body. And I asked for his infection to be healed. And I felt this bright pink energy shoot out of my heart down my arms into his face and just engulf the whole, his whole face in this bright pink light. And it must've lasted maybe 10 seconds, maybe 20. It was not a whole minute. And I said, there you go. And he said, what are you doing? I said, I'm, I'm just taking away your pain. And he was like, Okay. And about an hour goes by and he's like, yeah, the pain is way less than it was before. Like it's manageable. Like he had it manageable pain level throughout the day. And I figured that was as far as that was going to go. Even though I asked for it to be healed, I figured that would be as far as it went. The next morning he came in the restaurant and we had to be to work at like 530 in the morning. We got there before the doors opened because we um, did all the prepping for the line. And so we both got there at like 5, 5.30 in the morning. And he comes up to me that morning and his face is completely normal. And he walks up to me and he said, who are you? What did you do? Who are you? And I didn't know what to say to him. I said, that's part of who I am is I just, I heal people. And he shook his head and he goes, all of the pain and all of the infection and all of the swelling is gone. It's just gone. I said, yeah. He said, overnight. I said, yeah. He said, I don't know who you are. I don't know what you did to be here in my life. He said, anything you need from me is yours. You need me to do something for you at work? Like, just tell me whatever it is. I will do it. He's like, 
I don't care how behind we are. I don't care how flooded I am. I don't care if I had a bad day. He's like, anything, he's like, I am your servant. And anything you need is yours. And I said, thank you. I said, thank you for seeing me and thank you for allowing me to share that experience with you. And I didn't ask him for anything that day (laughs) or the subsequent days either for that matter. But those are the type of experiences that I know he will never forget and I will never forget because those are the kind of miracles that are possible when, when you stand in that light, in that faith, in the angels and in the frequency that happens when you just allow yourself to be there and, and not have an agenda and not be egotistical about it and not question it and just know like, okay, this is a part of why I'm here and this is what I can do. So I'm going to do it. And after that day, word got around, obviously, because he told everybody. Um, and on the regular basis, you know, I worked with a bunch of servers and a lot of them were open-minded. Um, and I would regularly have somebody come up to me like, man, my knee is hurting me. I have knee problems. I have arthritis problems. Would you put your hands on it? And I did. (laughs) And that's what I did. Um, I took away toothaches more than one time for several of the people that didn't have dental work at the time. I took away knee pain and back pain and nausea, like all kinds of things. And it just became a thing. And everybody was super accepting of it. And the ones that weren't didn't say anything. They stayed away from me. And that was a really beautiful experience to have with someone. And I know that even at the time, in my head, going through these things, in my head, I was just like, I'm just a server. I'm just a cook. I'm just a restaurant laborer. Like, I'm nobody special and I don't have anything special. And I... I don't know how these things happen through me or why they happen through me because I feel everybody's got these ideas that things happen to people who are important, right? They happen to your public figureheads or your politicians or your Hollywood stars or people of importance, your producers and your legal teams and all these things, right? But I know that somewhere out there, somebody is working in a restaurant or working in a factory or working a labor job or a service industry job. And they're thinking, no, I didn't really feel that. I didn't really see that. I'm not really capable of that. You know, or you're having experiences that you can't explain that have the potential to be incredibly powerful, not just for yourself, but for other people around you. And I'm here to tell you, It doesn't matter what your day job is. It doesn't matter what position in society you hold. Like you have the ability to stand in your divine heart, to stand in your purpose and to feel and move into these ways that seem miraculous or seem out of reach. Or maybe you're having those experiences where you're feeling other people's feelings where you're watching these things happen around you and you have an in, you have intuition, you have the vibe or you have the sight to be able to stand in that light and be like, here's what's going on and this is what's going to help. Don't downplay yourself because of your day job. 
Don't downplay your ability or your gut sense of knowing or your purpose because of your day job. And it doesn't have to be that way. Life isn't that way. And that's just one experience that I had working in the restaurant. I've had so many. I've had so many. (laughs) And I, at the time, I always tried to just pick the ones that I knew were the most poignant and the ones that had the best purpose, right? I think if there's anything for you to take out of that experience is that you're more powerful than you could ever believe possible. And sometimes it just takes that little nudge of following your sense of knowing, of following the guidance to really take you to the next step. And that's part of why I do what I do. That's part of why I work with people is because I want to help hold that light and that understanding and be that guide for people because I did not have that. When all of my mind started opening up and my understanding started opening up and the feeling and the knowing and the seeing all just hit me in very quick succession in a short period of time, I didn't have anyone to look towards. I didn't have anyone to guide me. And I didn't have the capacity to really understand I could go out and look for that until my late 20s, like almost 30, before I went, oh, I can actually seek these kind of people out and they can help me understand what I'm going through. And that's one of the things that following Her Holiness Saima was really helping me with was understanding that yes, this was possible and this is what it looks like, which then in my head set a whole different standard (laughs) for for understanding (laughs) because then I went, oh, you lived what kind of life and you have how many degrees and you do what? (laughs) But at the same time, I remembered. So I remembered her and I remembered agreeing to meet her and see her. So I hope that you all have a beautiful start to your week. I hope that anything you set out to do this week is amazing and miraculous. If you do anything for yourself this week, let it be meditation with this beautiful full moon that's coming up today, Monday. It's beautiful. The equinox is here. The fall is coming. It is my favorite time of year. Absolutely favorite time of year. I am already looking at my Halloween stuff. I'm already digging out the Halloween lights. Like it is my favorite time of year is September, October, no matter where I am in in the world. I do have space open for one-on-ones. If anybody's interested in getting a one-on-one session from me and my mentorship program is open, I have two spaces left for my mentorship program to help transmute mental and emotional beliefs that are not serving you to stand in your purpose. I have availability in those. Coming up in October, I'm really excited to be offering private group sessions. Whether you're looking to do something with your family and friends, if you would like to host me in a space of your choosing, I am making time to be available for that. Only for the month of October, and I think space is going to go very quickly. So if you want in on that, please reach out to me for the details of what that looks like and the type of 
of group reading experience or meditation that you would like to have. And I will respond to you as quickly as I can. I'm so excited to be here. And I'm so grateful to all of you watching this, to all of you listening to this. Thank you so much. Great gratitude. I'll talk to y'all on Thursday. Have a great day.